Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. This is the Red and Ed Show bonus audio content. Our own Elaine got to sit down with Olivia Rondeau a couple weeks ago and talk about a myriad of topics from her journey into libertarianism, her work on the Jorgensen campaign, and what exactly a non-denominational libertarian is. It was a great conversation, and you guys should check it out. And make sure you go and check out Olivia's YouTube channel, where she has other great interviews, and her Twitter feed as well. Those are both linked in the description below. I had a great time listening to this conversation, and I hope you guys do as well. Take care, everybody, and enjoy the show. We are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my channel. I'm Olivia Rondo. Um, Today, we have on a very, very special guest, someone who I've been following on Twitter for a bit. It's Libertarian Redhead. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell the people a little bit about yourself, what you do, what you talk about. Hi, um, I am Libertarian Redhead, one of the many Libertarian Redheads on Twitter. So I'm going to ask you about that. <laughs> oh, man. I think y'all can okay. explain yourselves. <laughs> the ginger committee is being called to the floor. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a Facebook page, so some of you might know me from there. I've had it since, gosh, 2017, I guess. Um, I've identified as a libertarian since I was a teenager. Um, and before I knew what that was called, I still kind of knew that I didn't really belong in either large political camp. So I just sort of thought I was politically homeless. And then I discovered the great rant or the great Ron Paul and was like, oh, this is what I am. Okay, this makes way more sense now. Um, so I have been a libertarian since about 2009. I have since then become an official member of the Libertarian Party in 2017 or 2018 is when I joined. And I, uh, I've i enjoyed it immensely in a lot of ways. It's given me a lot of opportunities. I love to talk to people about liberty and share liberty with people. But the cause that is probably the closest to my heart is helping candidates win races and um, and working campaigns. I've worked with Gary Johnson. I've worked with Joe Jorgensen. I've worked a lot of um, smaller races like school board and city council. And, you know, just I just try to pitch in and volunteer where I can. Um, and now we're working on a unity coalition with some other libertarians. So that's going to be really fun. And in my spare time, I like to garden and I have an eight year old son. And I also like to make TikToks about history. And a lot of them are just me ranting about how much I hate Woodrow Wilson. Uh, the last part is very, very relatable. Um, <laughs> if you're watching and you like Woodrow Wilson, please get out. Please get out of chat. Please go away. Um, I want to ask you about the unity thing. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, Liberty Unity, um, it started kind of as an idea for a potential caucus, and then we decided to make it not a caucus, and that kind of ties into the main question I think that you were going to ask me um, tonight. We wanted to form a group that was sort of, that we that anybody in the Libertarian Party or the Liberty Movement felt that they could join, and that they didn't have to be a member of the Libertarian Party, um, even though we do want to focus on libertarian candidates and helping them get elected and helping share that libertarian message we weren't going to really i guess demand that people be a certain kind of libertarian um so if they wanted to form an issue coalition with us or if they liked a particular candidate that we also liked and were helping and they just wanted to kind of jump on board for a little while and help us help that candidate 
then that's totally okay. It's just, it's very much just a come as you are um, group and that we're just trying to make everything within the Libertarian Party and within the Liberty Movement more positive. Okay, I like that a lot. And that actually leads me to my next question. Um, on Twitter, you posted about being a quote unquote, non-denominational libertarian. And that really intrigued me because um, I think you actually posted some responsive posts I made about how I used to kind of want to self-identify as a paleo libertarian because I'm the type of libertarian that really, I value culture and you know American values and things like that. But I also don't want, I don't like the government. I hate the state. I hate it. And like for a while, I kind of, I didn't like really publicly like go around and introduce myself like, hello, I'm a paleo libertarian. But I was like, is that the best thing, you know, mm -hmm. to describe me? And, you know, I, I did some research and I got a little bit more into the community. And I'm not trying to generalize here, but some of these people have kind of fucked up views on race and stuff. And I'm like, OK, I don't feel welcome here. Um, you guys are like kind of like a like weird, like libertarian, like alt right type shit when like that's not really what I wanted. Like, mm -hmm. um. And so you had responded, just become like a non-denominational libertarian. Like, you know, we we have a big tent here. And I want to hear more about that. So when you think of or when you hear a non-denominational libertarian, what does that mean to you? So it's kind of like if you're familiar with, um, you know, the different churches that exist within Christianity, like you could say that. There, there's Southern Baptist and there's Church of Christ and there's the Apostolic Church and there's Lutheran and there's, you know, all different kinds of things, Presbyterian and Catholic and just, and everything is kind of tied to that idea of, you know, a Christ figure, but they practice in vastly different ways. They have vastly mm. different ideologies. And I feel like calling myself a non-denominational libertarian is sort of the same way as saying I'm a non-denominational Christian if I, if I were one. And to me, that means that I'm probably never going to permanently align myself with one caucus over another, um, whether it's for, I, I mean, I share a lot of ideology with several different caucuses and I have a lot of the same goals as several different caucuses. Like it's all an overlapping Venn diagram to me. And, but then there are some things about caucus, the caucus structure that I don't like, um, the tribalism that it encourages, the infighting that it encourages, mm. the, mm. oh, if you're not with us, you're against us kind of mentality. Like, I don't like that. So I feel that being a non-denominational libertarian makes the most sense for me because I can, it allows me to align with a caucus um, that is backing a candidate that I like, or that is championing a ballot access bill in in a state where they have a presence or they are i don't know championing some kind of issue that i'm also passionate about and and it could be three different caucuses doing those things i don't want to i don't want to walk into um the mises caucus and say hey i'd really like to help this candidate and they'd be like ew you're a prag or like mm -hmm. i don't want to do the same thing with the prag caucus i don't want to walk in and be like hey i'd love to help you with this project and they're like Ew, you're a radical or whatever. Like, I don't want any of that. And I'm not saying is that, that common. Like, does, does that happen to you or does that happen to people? I feel like that. I feel like once you become part of a caucus and you become part of that culture of the caucus, that they kind of have some expectation of uh, loyalty from you. Like, mm -hmm. well, we're backing this chair candidate. You have to vote for them. Like, if you don't vote for them, there's going to be problems afterwards or whatever people like, will come I after you for if you don't vote for every candidate they back i don't know that's why yeah. i left all the caucuses <laughs> that's some weird tribalist just, shit. and it might be you know self-assigned 
like I'm kind of taking that on when that's not really the case. Um, but also there are things about them that I don't want to have. I don't want to be expected to defend either as a member of that caucus that I might not agree with. I might love, you know, this half of their platform and their goals on the caucus, but then I might have a really big problem with one of them. It doesn't mean I don't want to help them accomplish all these other goals, but it just means that I don't want to have to defend the actions of something that I don't agree with, or I don't want to have to go around and say, oh, well, but not all of us. Not, well, not all of us think that. I don't want to have to have that conversation 10 million times. I'd rather just say, yeah, I align with them on these things. I help them with these projects, but that's about right. it. That's exactly how I feel about joining a party in the first mm -hmm. place. Um, so you just, you know, you said you're a registered libertarian. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you reconcile that? Because like you said, there is a lot of infighting, a lot of tribalism, a lot of stuff between the caucuses. And I'm sure it's very present within the whole party as well. It is. Um, the libertarian party's goal as a political party is to get libertarian candidates elected. And that's what I care about the most. So mm -hmm. it gives me access to helping these candidates. It gives me access to knowledge. It gives me access to um, other people who have the same goals that I have because we are going to the same meetings and we care about the same things. And if I wasn't a part of that party, but I was, but I still existed on social media, I might miss out on some of that. And I do think it's important. I mean, if everybody who disagreed with the internal um, infighting within the Libertarian Party left the Libertarian Party, there wouldn't be a party. Like it wouldn't exist. And then it wouldn't accomplish sure. the goal. So I've always been of the mind that if you want to change, like it's one thing to sit back and criticize it, but if you really do want to change it and you have a vested interest in changing it, join it and change it. Like, mm. you know, in a party structure, you have power as a delegate um, to make decisions in the party, to pass or turn down bylaw amendments, to elect officers and different things like that. If you were not part of that party structure and you were just sitting back on your couch being a keyboard warrior, then that wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I, I'm definitely guilty of being a little bit of a keyboard warrior sometimes because I'm we all are. So I mean, we all I'm have always criticizing parties, but yeah, <laughs> we've all been true. locked in our houses for like a year. <laughs> That's very true. It's um, funny. Let me put a couple comments on the screen to read. Uh, never brand yourself as part of some category. In 2015, alt right meant unorthodox right. The orthodox right eagerly accepted uh, Hillary and the corporate press's race centric framing. Um, I definitely agree. Alt right, the definition of alt right has definitely changed. And I don't even really like to use that term. That was just like the, for the lack of a better term, I had to describe some, not all paleo libertarians. I follow a couple paleo libertarians. Um, and they're they're not racist. I, I don't want to go around accusing everybody who follows the ideology of of being racist because people do that shit to me all the time and I hate it. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like being in certain paleo libertarian spaces and researching on Rothbard himself um, and some of his views on race and segregation things like that. It just it really turned me off. But um, I have really nothing against anyone that self identifies with that. It just um, it didn't align with my views as much um as i thought it would yeah um, i take yeah. because i do a lot of content that has to do with history like i tweet things about history i tweet you know but i don't know just different things i make right. tiktok videos about history i just started a history podcast so i'm always thinking about those things and trying to put them into context and basically what i've discovered is that you can take any person 
that anyone holds up as a hero or a villain. And you can dive into their personal life, any historical figure at all. And you can find that they ha there is always a duality. Like Very no true. one, no one is ever all bad. Like literally ever. Some of the worst people in history have been great fathers, have been great mothers, have cared about their families, have done terrible things to protect their families and, or they've been kind to animals or in, like anything. So, and then some people that people hold up as heroes have done some really terrible things as well, or they've been a champion of a certain cause, like, you know, Abraham Lincoln, he's championed as the, you know, the great emancipator, but he also shipped 450 black people to Haiti and was just like, you he guys should racist. just your own country. He was a racist. He was a racist. Like, um, for sure. That's not really okay either. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like you can do that with anybody in history. So it is important to put it into context. Context doesn't excuse everything, of course. Um, and there's no way for us to remove our modern lens and say, well, if I lived in 1861, this is how I would feel about it. Because there's so much cultural and societal conditioning right. that happens when you're a kid that you really don't know what you would have thought of that in the 1860s exactly. or the 1790s or whatever period of history you're talking about. It's like when people talk about like the Revolutionary War and they're like trying to figure out, oh, I would have been a loyalist. I would have been a patriot. I'm like, mm -hmm. you I, you probably wouldn't have done shit, first of all. Right. Um, like, you're on your ass right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is kind of the ultimate libertarian position. Very if you true. think about it. Um, my one point I wanted to reply to your uh, comment on context was if, if it was um, Rothbard and he had let's say he had a different scandal in the past. Let's say he had a scandal. Let's say the worst thing, let's say he had a scandal with like sexual assault or something. Mm -hmm. I could still separate his political ideas and policy um, from that. But because the race thing was so political, I don't think I can um, remove that from paleo-libertarianism because it's such a central part of his doctrine and such a central part of the community. I feel like the only thing that a lot of paleo libertarians talk about, and again, I'm not trying to generalize here, but the only thing that they really say that differentiates themselves from the rest of libertarians is like the race shit. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think culture is much more important than race. Um, identity and stuff like, like the biggest thing in my mm -hmm. mind when I'm thinking about promoting liberty. Um, but the reason I decided to initially start to look into identifying as that was my um, opinion on immigration, which people call me a fake libertarian for all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of people, um, including myself, including yourself, including probably half the people in the comments who are self-identified as libertarian are very conflicted over the issue of immigration. Some people are, you know, very absolutist about it. Some people are like, no more immigration ever, not now, not ever. Some mm -hmm. people take it way too far saying immigration from like white countries, only like European. I'm like, hold on, chill. Yikes. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of stuff I've experienced in some online paleo libertarian spaces. I was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not a libertarian, dude. Um, right. <laughs> um, and then some and then some people are complete like open borders. Some people self-identify as a globalist. I think there's merits to all these arguments. Um, but I wanted to ask you, and not to like make a definitive statement on like 
the whole immigration issue, but, but what are your thoughts on this? Are, are there, is there an issue that makes somebody not a real libertarian? Is it immigration? Because I've heard that so many times, you know? So to go back to your point about Rothbard, there are certain things that even with context, you can't really separate, you know, the effects of like, let's say we said, you know, who from Germany was like, well, he didn't really hate the Jews. It's like, yeah, but he just did all this other stuff that led to like 6 million people dying. So we really right. can't use that. So yeah. there are some things that context can't totally be removed from the equation. Um, and, and that I completely agree with, like, there are some things that just cannot be separated and it depends on the person. It depends on the time period. It depends on the issue that you're talking about. Um, it's, it's just different. It's shades of gray really for, for everything. For sure. Um, and you just have to do your best to, um, <laughs> sorry, I just saw one of the comments. <laughs> um, you just have to do your best to evaluate each thing, you know, on its own, because you can't really say that it's all one blanket thing for everybody. And it's all applicable in the same ways for everyone. Absolutely. Now, as far as immigration, the Libertarian Party platform says we are open borders libertarians. Mm -hmm. There are still some people who have joined the party that are not totally open border libertarians. And there are there is still some discussion within party circles of, well, what does that mean? Like, how open borders are we really? Are we totally I open borders? I keep asking that question and no one wants to give me a straight answer. Or people because we're all different, honestly. It's just like the abortion question. <laughs> They all want to know, true. well, are libertarians actually pro-life or actually, you know, pro-choice? Well, right. the the answer is we're both. And it's mm -hmm. the same for immigration. It's it's the difference between leaving the door all the way open and leaving it halfway open. That's really mm -hmm. it. Um, personally, now the discussion of the discussion of the right to integrate is different than the discussion around when it is appropriate to implement that open border policy. Mm. And I think mm -hmm. that's where a lot of people get confused. They're just like, well, we should just open the borders like period. And it's like, well, but we have a very large welfare state. I'm like now, yeah. now of all times, y'all want to open the borders now. Right. And then when people dig in, they're like, okay, we need to abolish the welfare state first. And then we open mm -hmm. borders. I'm like, okay, that argument does have some merit. It does have some merit. But then when you start looking at how long that would actually take, it's not practical because you're talking about a process that could take 50 plus years. And that's with consistent work to get mm -hmm. it done. This is which not, doesn't a, happen in politics, this is not a system that you can just sign an executive order and be like, okay, we're done. Everything's solved. Cause it's not like that doesn't take care of all the people who are in the pipeline. It doesn't take care of the lottery system. It doesn't take care of the kids in cages that, you know, have been removed from people who are not actually their family members or, people who have been removed from people who are their family members. Like, okay, now we have to relocate these children somehow. Some of them came over with their parents. Some of them didn't. So who, where do we put them? Like what happens to them? I've seen stories of kids who've literally been adopted by us parents and their parents are still in Mexico. Like, hello, do we just not have rights? Like, do we just not get our kid? Here? Like, and that happens very rarely, I think. Um, and that's good. I haven't heard of it, but I, I believe that it, it it's, it has happened at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like, well, what margin of error is okay? If, 
you know, if we're going to have like that, something like that is unacceptable. Something like that, you cannot have a margin of error. And there are other policies where that's the same. That's, that's my stance as well. Like with death penalty, I'm very anti-death penalty. Okay. We and, agree on that actually. Yeah. And, and my, people, question, and my conservative like, followers give me so much trouble for that. Should, They're we like, should, we should have it, but only if it's beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I'm like, one, this tells me that you have literally never looked at a death penalty case. There's nothing in a death right. penalty case is ever beyond a shadow of a doubt. And two, there's still going to be a margin of error. So you're going to have to tell me what percentage is okay with you. How many people are you okay with putting to death who didn't deserve it so that you can have vengeance and revenge on people who do deserve yeah. it? I'm and people can, say it's rare. It. people can say it's rare, but if, if one it's out of walking. every thousand people is falsely convicted and put to death, that is one too many. That's way too many. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you, and you just sent a ripple effect through their entire family by doing their that. Their entire world is shattered, ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, let me put some comments on the screen. This is actually a good question. Holy shit, hold on. Okay, this is a good question. What makes the bigger difference to you, the actions of the individual or the ideologies? I'm assuming this was in reference to when I said if Rothbard had done something horrible in his personal life, like assaulting somebody, I would be able to separate that from the ideology of like paleo-libertarianism. Um, but if it's like a, a, if it's like a part of his actual policy, part of his actual ideology, then that's that's when I have an issue. So what makes a bigger difference it depends because I don't like necessarily like look up to many people, like very, very few people. I consider myself in politics. I consider myself a fan of um, Ron Paul is one of those people and yeah. people will try to slander his character and his personal life um, all the time. And they really can never come up with anything. Like he's pretty, from what I can see, he's pretty the, much the all around college. <laughs> the I was asses about the goddamn newsletter. The, the newsletter wasn't written by him. It wasn't ran by him nor approved by him. I, I don't even shit was stupid. But um yeah, to finish answering your question, Brian, uh usually the ideology is more important to me because I don't consider myself a fan of these people. I don't care what you do in your personal life. Um, I just want to understand, you know, the full extent of um people's ideology. Um if you put pineapples on pizza, you're just wrong. If you put pineapples on pizza, you're not a real libertarian. I 100 percent agree pineapple with you. Pizza. <laughs> you like pineapples on pizza? All right. Um, I'm sorry, guys. We have to end the broadcast early. Libertarian Redhead has said she's not a libertarian. Um, and by that, I mean she says she likes pineapples on pizza. That's weird. It's a fruit. Pineapple, real bacon, and banana pepper. Bacon's okay. Just try it. Oh, I've, I've tried it. I actually used to be a fan of it. That's how far I've come. I used to be a fan of it. And I, then one day it clicked. I was like, why am I eating fruit on pizza? This is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Tomatoes are fruit. Um, I'm sorry. Tomatoes are fruit. Yeah, but it's in the sauce. So, so is avocado. Avocados are fruit. I don't eat avocado. And I don't eat tomatoes. So you're really barking at the wrong tree here. I don't like. I don't like fruits. I you just like, admitted it was in the sauce, Olivia. I don't eat like a whole tomato though. Like I don't eat like people who eat like cherry tomatoes or have like a tomato on their sandwich or anything like that. No. I am a prolific tomato grower, so I'm kind of offended right I now. Hate that. Right, um, just yeah, we are gonna <laughs> we we have to I I think we have some we have some irredeemable. We have some ideological differences about food. Yeah, we just can't we can get past the immigration disagreement. We can get past everything else, just not this. Um Brian wanted you to define beyond a shadow of a doubt 
Oh, I think he was just saying that that's the most frustrating argument for the death penalty that he sees. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That cool. when people ask yeah, you to when, define what shadow okay. of a doubt is, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that just goes back to your point. If if 0.0001% of people die at the hands of the state when they did not deserve to die, then it's too many. It's, I, I just don't mm -hmm. trust the government with that power. It's like, it's crazy how people We don't even are trust like, them with potholes on the street. Why would we trust them with life and death? People are like, people are like I hate the cops. The cop, people are like, it's like the cops is white supremacists, the government's evil, the politicians are pedophiles, but yeah, you guys should have the power to kill us if you deem fit. Like, are you guys stupid or something? Like, the don't give that. Let's let the police prosecute us. What? Let's let the police be the only ones with the guns. Oh, that's the, that's the worst one. That is the worst <laughs> one. When people, and I'm going to call my own community here. I, I hate when there's a lot, there's a huge sector of black people that have a um, negative um, relationship with the police. And I definitely have a negative relationship with the police, but I'm not the idiot out here advocating for the police to be the only ones with the guns. I don't, I don't understand that logic. Maybe people just don't think that all the way through or something, but the people who are huge, like anti-racism and anti-white supremacist activists and all this kind of shit. It's like, I, I don't know. I just hate well, somehow yeah. to me. No, this is out from the outside looking in because I'm not part of a minority community, unless you consider ginger. You're ginger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it seems like to me, they, that almost comes from that idea that, well, if the president is my guy, then everybody mm -hmm. under him, all the way down to the police on the street corner, are gonna do what he says, or they're gonna align. Like, I don't know, I feel Which like- Which is like six-year-old logic though. I don't yeah, understand how the BLM sense. people thought that voting for Biden was going to change the entire fucking like but, prison. But, you know, he has a, a, a half black woman as his running mate, so it can't be all bad, right? Yeah, I don't even get me started on her because I've been calling <laughs> her bad. out. You know, from one halfsy to another halfsy, I really don't like Kamala Harris. I really think she's fake. She continues to lie. Like, if you're not raised in the black community, just say you're not raised in the black community. Don't mm -hmm. say that Tupac is your favorite rapper alive because he's not alive. Don't say that you were listening to Tupac when you were in college before Tupac's first album even ever dropped. Mm -hmm. Don't say that you were smoking weed in college when you were locking people up for smoking weed. And don't say that your elders taught you how to celebrate Kwanzaa when Kwanzaa was first invented two years before you were born and your elders are Jamaican and Indian immigrants who are not even American and Kwanzaa is a black American holiday. So don't even get me fucking started on Kamala Harris because she I literally- think you already started yourself. I didn't even- Yeah, I know. I, that's why I said that. <laughs> You and that's Kamala Harris, me and Woodrow Wilson, like it's the same, it's the same deal. It, yeah, it is the same. <laughs> the and same, the same hype energy. <laughs> she, I, I'm not one of those people that's like, okay, I'll concede, yeah, she's, she is half black. I'm not gonna be like, you can't identify as black, but you can't identify as somebody who like grew up in this like, like as part of the black culture. American culture. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same. You're Jamaican and Indian. You should be proud of that. Don't be trying to kind of like steal black American culture. Cause it's like, oh, it's a whole, it's very different than Jamaican culture. It's not better or worse. It's just different. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, that's weird. How do y'all feel about Rockwell. I don't want to talk about that because I'm not super um, educated on him per se, but did you want to answer that? I, I'm i not super educated on him as far as 
like his ideology. I've read a couple of articles of his about just very specific policy issues in which I felt he was dead on. Um, okay. But I'm not going to make a judgment call on him, like as a per, like how I feel about him as a person. Yeah, that's my that's like my same exact view. Like I've read a couple things of his before, but not enough to be like, oh yeah, like he, I, I'm a fan or something. Mm -hmm. um, somebody says I'm white and I have a negative relationship with the police. That's pretty based because the police have a negative relationship with everybody. Um, I don't. I, I, I feel like it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was gonna say I. I don't feel like I have a negative relationship with them, but I've had negative experiences with them. Um, when I was 19, I was held at gunpoint by a cop. Like he had his finger on the trigger and everything what? for being in a car with a guy who was black. There were four of us in a car. I need to expand on that. <laughs> well, there were four of us in a car. We were all going somewhere. Um, we were in Indianapolis and we were going to go have dinner, hang out. We were, I was, you know, I mean, I was 19. So we were all around that age and we were like, well, if we're going to go, we better go now. Um, before it gets super busy downtown. And it was like summer, it was hot. We had all the windows down. We went to go one way out of his neighborhood and the police had the street blocked and we were like, okay, what are they doing? Like, all right, we'll just go out the other entrance. So we pulled a U-turn and went out. And um, next thing we knew the whole car was surrounded. All of our windows were down. So literally the guns were like right in our faces and they were just screaming at us to get out of the car and get down on the ground. And the maintenance guy for the community ran up and said, no, 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 it's not him. It's not him. And we were like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was oh, like he matched the description. Yep. He matched the description of someone that they were looking for that had been waving a gun around in the neighborhood. Okay. So I was traumatized by that. I did not want to go near a gun for like a few years after that. Cause it just like, that was the first experience really that I had had like that. And it was obviously very negative. Um, so I, yeah, I was very, I was very deeply uncomfortable around guns for a couple of years afterwards until a friend was like, all right, I'm breaking of this habit. You're going to come over and you're going to shoot my 22. And I was like, I, I love, love a 22. <laughs> my and favorite he, gun. That's what we did. Like I just went out to his parents' farm and he was like, here you go. Don't shoot yourself. Like this is how you use it. You know, all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, we shot guns for a little while, like kind of back towards the woods. And um, after that, I was like, okay, I don't feel like terrified now i'm definitely not mm -hmm. comfortable with like using it as a tool but i'm not like freaked out by it so how are you with guns now fine i go to the you, range two or three times you're a gun year. owner now i'm not a gun owner yet okay mm -mm. i i took it to heart when people told me don't buy anything until you are positive with the kind the the type the model of gun that you are very comfortable with so mm -hmm. I made a point to go to the range as many times as I could until I figured out which gun I really liked. Um, right. I figured out which gun I really liked. I'm a SIG girl. I love SIG. Um, they're kind of expensive. So <laughs> I have not bought one yet. Yeah. Definitely. Um, another question in the comments. Thoughts on HR127. That's the gun control thing, right? I mean, obviously, that's a big thumbs down for me. Yeah, big thumbs. Any gun control is big. We'll just do Ooh. this. Wait, we'll, we'll do this for the thumbnail. I like the promo. <laughs> Love it. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, every um, every piece of gun control legislation is an infringement on the Second Amendment. Um, I've talked about this a little bit before, but the thing that pisses me off the most is the fact that I'm a very, very big proponent of uh legalizing marijuana 
Um, I am a very big proponent of medical marijuana. At the very least, decriminalization, I think we can achieve that very easily. Um, and what pisses me off, and I, I believe this is a federal law. If not, it's definitely in Maryland where I live. Um, but if you have a card like for medical marijuana, um, you can't own a firearm mm -hmm. because marijuana yeah, is a, it's a it's a schedule one drug. Yeah, it's that's why literally marijuana is decriminalization versus mm -hmm. legalization. Because if they legalize it and they want to give you a card and they want you to be on a registry and all that stuff, like then they put you in a position where you have to choose between what could be healthcare for you, you know, and, and anti-anxiety medication or um, something that helps you with your PTSD or your depression mm -hmm. or being able to protect your family. It's no one should ever, that pisses me should ever have to, to choose between those two things, their, their health or their protection. Exactly. Um, and I'll just say this without incriminating myself. I use marijuana um i don't have a medical card for it and that's the reason why because mm -hmm. i want to be able to that's why the, the black market right? will continue to so exist i right and i've like i've recognized the fact that if i have over a certain amount i can go to jail but i'd rather take that chance than mm -hmm. i never have a large amount i don't want to put that out there like i'm moving weight or something i'm, I'm not i guys i don't sell drugs i'm not doing anything illegal we're gonna have to edit this later i literally <laughs> I, i'm literally not even i'm trying i just stop incriminating myself like the SWAT team is literally about to bust down my door um no like my point is i will partake in the use of the plant that is known as cannabis on occasion and the plant formerly known as mary jane <laughs> right um yeah i it's like I, I i i've used thc in multiple forms is what i'll say and no i don't sell and no i don't move weight um anyways but it's it's Moving the same on. because i do shoot guns i'm mm -hmm. a big proponent of the second amendment i haven't shot a gun in a while it's probably been about a year i need to get back in the range so annoying i'm kind of like itching for it Oh my God! Somebody said, "Well, we got some time to drive." I don't. <laughs> Stop saying that. <laughs> oh, and someone else just offered me a gun. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh! You're so getting like not monetized on YouTube for this. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like those um, girls are nuts. <laughs> yeah, somebody sent me a super chat so I I can fucking pay pay my bail when I get fucking arrested because somebody right. thinks I'm selling large amounts of weed if you guys um, get arrested then that means you have to bail us out yeah <laughs> that's the rules <laughs> um ooh, we're coming with 3d guns now 3d printed firearms aren't quite there yet as far as quality needed for them to be as reliable as you want a firearm to be i find that the concept of it's so interesting though like i would i, mm -hmm. I want to see how one is made i've never seen like a 3d printer in real life or anything oh, i don't so like cool how the fuck does it work? I don't it's just like have no concept. just prints it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't okay, know. Okay, so I'm not alone in not understanding how it works. Because no, like it. Okay, <laughs> it's a printer, but it prints instead of using ink. It uses whatever is like plastic? material you stick in it to print with. So if you printed how something, does it like, but like, how do you program it to print anything? One. You, you load the design, like there's special software and everything you get for it, and you can buy a blueprint and load it into your software and then just, I guess, just hit print. I don't know. I mean, printing, 
printing small things, um, very simple, like, you know, I've seen people print like, like toys and like figurines and shit yeah, like that, I mean, but like a whole machine, like a tool with like moving parts and shit. Um, it takes I don't hours and hours. I mean, it'll take like 16 hours to print like something of oh, that long. Yeah. Okay. That's insane. Um, that's the same in Colorado. If you I'm just trying to keep you anonymous, okay? Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a federal law because I think everywhere marijuana is classified as a Schedule One drug. But if I'm wrong, somebody correct me. That's just the case. Um, in Maryland, at least. Mm -hmm. Ooh, new comments. Okay. Um, libertarians need some organizations, strong committed leaders, and very clear cut goals. Also, a candidate that is actual libertarian, not libertarian light. We do um, have a very clear goal elect more libertarians at the local level, and we've been doing very well at it, actually. Tell me more. Tell me more about that. I have no idea how many libertarians are elected or in elected office. Or what, I don't like, know the number offhand, okay. but I know that we point? have a higher than 50% success rate when we run libertarian candidates at the local level. And a lot of times, I mean, I, I bet that there are libertarians elected to local level in your state. Any of you, any of you could go look and find a libertarian elected in your Real, state. Like by have. local level, are you talking like school board or like state rep or something? I'm talking about school board, city council, county commission, like all of those kinds of races. A lot of times those are nonpartisan races. That's when libertarians right. do the best. Why is that? One, we have really good principles. Two, people aren't paying attention to a party label. To me, that indicates that people actually really like libertarian ideas. What they don't like is having to vote for a different letter than they're used to. Mm -hmm. Because they'll vote for you when you don't put the L after your name. But they'll I, also I, vote for a Democrat or Republican that doesn't yeah. have the D or the R, too. Yeah, let me say something about that, though, because that leads me to my um like the main point of the video like how i see the future of libertarianism mm -hmm. i don't necessarily see it within the lpi and that's not because i dislike them or think that their ideology is bad or anything i just feel like most people are tribal and most people will not um you know stray away from the r slash d you know two-party duopoly so mm -hmm. When I see like Liberty Republicans such as Massey, I don't know how you feel about him, but he gives me hope. I feel I like Thomas Massey. Oh, great! Um, I feel like I, he's our he's our best congressman, um, in my opinion, and that probably by far. Um, and when I see Republicans like that, it gives me hope. Now I know the vast majority are not like that, mm -hmm. which is why I'm an independent. But someday, and I do think I want to run for local office someday, I'm going to have to run as a Republican to win. That's just my opinion. And that's mm -hmm. kind of where I see liberty advancing more. It's just the establishment is so strong right now. I mean, I, I don't know if, if like what your feelings are towards young Americans for Liberty, but I've been affiliated with them um, loosely since July, I think. And I did a couple campaigns with them, state rep races. Um, and they endorse, not every candidate they endorse is, is as, liber, as libertarian as I would like. Sometimes they endorse somebody that's just like promises to lower taxes or something, but they don't care about like criminal justice reform or marijuana. Like I'll, I'll criticize them for that. But like some of these candidates are actually good, but the, the establishment throws everything at them, even though they have the R next to their name. So I just feel mm -hmm. like if they had the L next to their name, it would be even worse, you know? Well, it goes, it goes one of two ways with an L. It's either... 
it's either you get blamed for literally everything. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, Shane Hazel posted a graphic on Twitter. I saw it. I, followed, I didn't know who it was, but I it was like the reasons that we lost. And one of them was something about like astroturfing libertarian. Like, I was like, was, like, like Mama and everybody was like, let y'all fucking sell. What does that even mean? <laughs> I had no idea. I love how they had his name written up there. I was like, no. that's not a badass. I would love for my name to be written on a white right? of a bitter ass Jew. If, if I got a hold of that and my name was on it, I'd be like, okay, cry harder. That's yeah, that's a flex. Okay. I'd be posting it everywhere too. I'd probably put on a t-shirt. He did too. I mean, he, it was everywhere. But they they either use you as the scapegoat for literally everything, or they just do media blackout, which is exactly what we had with Joe Jorgensen. Mm -hmm. It was media blackout. The only national media that we had for Joe was Kennedy. That's it. We only had Kennedy. But oh, Kennedy. But if you followed, um, we tried to share as many links on the social pages as we could. Um, without bogging down the feed with just news links. But in every single stop that she made on her bus tours, there were multiple local news pieces about her on in print, on TV, everything. So she got local news coverage. And there were some cities where she had eight different hit pieces about her. You know, well, not hit pieces, but like news hits, local, nothing nationally. So they mm -hmm. they will they will do a media blackout on you if they decide that they don't like you. Let me comment on that. And this is the first time I've ever said this, just because I really didn't know if it was a widespread thing or not. But you made me realize that the media blackout is really a thing. So I occasionally freelance for the Daily Caller, and I interned there for a semester last year before COVID fucking ruined everything. <laughs> um, and I like the people there. I have no problem with the people there. My editor is great. Blah 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 blah. However, over the summer, I pitched um, a piece about Joe Jorgensen, and mm -hmm. it was approved. And I reached out to her team. Her team got back to me super quick. They gave me, they gave me exclusive images. They gave me exclusive answers to questions I had asked. They tried to, and then they were very eager to set up like a call to where I could um, interview her directly instead of just mm -hmm. getting some exclusive quotes. I, I, I wrote, I wrote up a draft. And they wanted to have that draft first before I did the interview and maybe publish the interview separately. So I was like, great, I want to get paid double. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this shit. I wrote the draft, it went to my editor, it never, it never ran. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it was a good draft. And the, the thing was, I never even got any feedback on it. I it was just literally, it was not on the site. Nobody ever got back to me about it. Every article I pitched after that, it went up on the site. So I don't know if it slipped through the cracks, but I find that unlikely because. It's a freaking presidential candidate, whether it's a small mm -hmm. candidate or not on a big political website. I'm I don't know. I'm not trying to point fingers at anybody here, but I, I do believe somebody dropped the ball on that because, hey, if I if my writing was just bad, tell me, hey, we're going to give this to somebody else, Olivia, or we're just going to edit it and take some pieces out. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm confident in my writing ability and I'm confident that she would have provided a good interview. And I feel bad because I essentially had to stand them up. Like I didn't set a time or date, but right. I, I didn't have permission to do the follow-up interview, so I couldn't do it, and that really mm -hmm. upset me. Um, and I, yeah, I 100% agree with you um, saying that there's definitely a deliberate media blackout. I'm not saying that the Daily Call in this case. I'm not saying it was in this case, but now that you mentioned it, I'm like starting to think it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that happens a lot with libertarian candidates, and that's why sometimes. 
if you can run as another party, especially if you live in a state that has straight ticket voting, like I've talked about this before with other people. I mean, if you're the only libertarian in that column and it's a straight ticket voting state, especially if it's a general election, people are now forced to choose between giving up voting for president, governor, U.S. Senate, state rep, et cetera, because they're no, people don't want to do that shit. and they yeah. won't give up voting for nine other candidates that they that they might want to vote for or might want to vote against. It just depends to vote for that one libertarian that's over in the column. Like right. that's a really crappy choice for a voter. Like, and I understand that. Like, I understand why they would say it's a straight ticket state. You know, I don't want to do that. So mm -hmm. I get it. And that, and it is hard. And that is one of the, that is one of the things that libertarians and other third parties need to work together on and form an issue-based coalition on is getting rid of straight ticket voting so that voters have more choices and so that they're not suppressed by just the, the way that the system is set up. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, let's say that doesn't happen or let's say it doesn't happen for a while. Um, do you believe currently that um, electing Liberty Republicans is a smarter choice in these states just because people are not willing to give up a voting straight ticket? I mean, it happened for Justin Amash. So um, that's we got one of the exactly. best, we got one of the best federal Liberty legislators that we've ever had ever. And we got him for 10 whole years. Like not only did he get elected once, he kept getting reelected. So exactly. I can't say that I can't say blanketly that, oh, it's always a bad choice because in some states, I think it could be a good choice depending on who the candidate is and what the situation is with the voting laws and ballot access and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, there are some states where it's extremely difficult, prohibitively expensive and takes an incredible amount of time and effort to get on the ballot as an, as a libertarian. And depending on the candidate, it could make more sense. I mean, Michigan is a straight ticket voting state. If he had run as a libertarian, even if he had ran the exact same campaign, made the exact same campaign promises and had the exact same amount of fundraising, he never would have gotten elected as a libertarian because exactly. it's a straight ticket voting state. So I can't say that in all cases, it's not a good choice, but I think it can be a good choice strategically depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, what state are you from again? I'm originally from Indiana and I lived in Tennessee for five years too. So I have experience with um, a state where Indiana, the the candidates typically get on the debate stage. Um, Donald Rainwater was the libertarian candidate for governor last year. He was on the debate right. stage with Republican and Democrat that turned out really badly for them because he set records with how many votes he got. Tennessee yeah. is exactly I follow, the I, I did follow that race and I was very impressed. Yeah. Can you hear me? I think it, sorry, like cut out for a second. Can you repeat the last thing you said? Oh, I said he's a great guy. And then I also have experience with the other side of the coin, which is Tennessee, where the ballot access laws are so backwards. It, the target changes every four years. Every time there's a new governor elected, they recalculate the number of signatures that you have to have. It's 2.5% of the total turnout in the governor's election every four years. So the first time I helped with ballot access in Tennessee, the number of signatures we needed to get was just over 30,000. It was like 33,000 and some change. Okay. Currently, you have to get 58,000 and some change. How is that legal? Why do they keep, I mean, because I know why every state is allowed to make their own, their own election laws. And that's how that kind of stuff happens. That's why Joe was on the ballot in Tennessee, but she was on it as an independent, not a libertarian, because it was impossible to even. 
Yeah. I mean, we said we have ballot access in all 50 states, meaning she was on the ballot in all 50 states, but she was not on the ballot in Tennessee as a libertarian and neither was Gary Johnson. He was on there as an independent. Was that the only state that she was on there as independent as? Yep. Okay. I had no idea about that. Tennessee is terrible with ballot access. And they just, um, two friends of mine started a, a nonprofit in Tennessee. It's called For All Tennessee. Josh Eagle and Justin Cornett started it. They were pushing a ballot access bill and they had a committee meeting last night. They walked in with, I believe Justin said, four votes that was enough to carry the motion and get the bill out of committee so it could be openly debated on the house floor one of their yes votes walked out of the room to go use the bathroom the vote was called it so it was they still had the majority with him out of the room the chair of the committee said basically looked at the votes realized it was going to carry and said okay it's denied like just unilaterally just said i'm not passing it on it's on video. Wow. Um, I need you to send me that link after we're done. I want to see will. that. I absolutely will. Yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. It's crazy. That is that is insane. And it's insane that that's just allowed to happen. Um, another and comment. It all the time. That's fucking stupid. Uh, Ron slash Rand Paul Republicans and Tulsi Gabbard Democrats should come together. I guess we just need ultra rich patriots again instead of ultra rich establishments and globalists. I would love for that to happen though. Um, I, unfortunately, and this happened when Tulsi went on Kennedy, I think last year, Kennedy asked, mm -hmm. hey, you know, come over to the Libertarian Party, just drop all the socialist shit. And Tulsi was like, no. <laughs> so, well, and I don't know if that'll happen. Point, that was a year ago. She was still running in the Democratic primary for her to say, oh, yeah, if it doesn't work out here in the Democratic, but like nobody. That would is vote true. It. That is true. That would have been so, strategically <laughs> move for her at that time. Yeah. But I think over the course of last year, after she lost the primary, like she didn't perform well in the primary. And that was totally due the, to the establishment and and Hillary directly, I think. Oh, for um, sure. Spreading those lies that she was a right and all this kind of shit. Oh yeah, yeah, she's distanced herself further and further from some of the things in the Democratic Party platform. And so after she left office, I know she has other priorities right now. And I, I know she wants to start a family and I think that's awesome. Um, she made a great really, mother. I want her to be my mother. I know. Like, I want her to be my mom. <laughs> I love my mom, but Tulsi would be a cool mom too. She right. would be the cool mom. She's the ultimate cool surfer mom. Yeah, I feel like she could be my cool aunt for sure. That like just definitely. surfs around, brings me cool presents from Hawaii or whatever the fuck. Yeah, definitely. The um, aunt that you only see you bring once up a good point. That was a year you only ago. See once, once a year at Christmas, but you sneak out back to go smoke weed with. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god hold on what my dream blunt rotation tulsi gabbard ron paul who else who else any my blunt rotation i'm trying to think who's an, who's another cool oh spike spike <laughs> yes um yeah okay i'm literally gonna i'm literally gonna like tag him in some shit on twitter and be like spike I okay i think mine is john mcafee tulsi oh, <laughs> vermin you are <laughs> and Marianne Williamson. <laughs> I want all four of them together. <laughs> It'd be great. Marianne, I have a love hate relationship. I, I shouldn't say hate. I have a love confusion relationship with her because I am confused as hell at like half the tweets she puts out. I'm just like, orb mother. <laughs> she's orb mother. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a little lo loony, but I kind of love her. I, she's very lovable. She's a likable person, I think. Um, yeah, 
McAfee and Vermin. I don't know why I didn't think of that. I think I'm I I had a horrible lapse in judgment there. It'll be like that '70s show. We'll just make the circle bigger. <laughs> yeah, we'll that's be true. fine. <laughs> I, I I I love Vermin. That would be great. Um, somebody said Elon Musk. Totally. I have mixed. I have, honestly, can I say this? I have mixed feelings on Elon. Like Elon I, is Elon is Tony Stark in real life. He kind of is. He kind of is. But or Bruce Wayne. I I can see both arguments. I I see him more as a Tony Stark because Bruce Wayne is more humble and Tony Stark is like all like I don't know. He's all out there and stuff. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about his personal life. I just think it's very weird that he married Grimes and they have that little robot baby together. But it's I don't know. A, I think it's an actual baby, <laughs> but it has a robot name. So whatever. Um. They didn't they name it like a random combination of like numbers and letters and stuff. It it was I a know. weird. I think they just call it. I think they just call him X. Yeah, something like that. Um. But yeah, nothing. Nothing against the guy. I just like I. I don't know. Don't act like yourself. I, totally with I wouldn't say no. If he was <laughs> and he was like here, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> I think I'm just salty because my Tesla stock is doing really shitty. So I'm that's I'm really just I'm really. That was his stock. I mean, he lost what twenty one billion or something like that, like in a week. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I guess first of all, my my stock profile is very diverse. I only put like a little bit in like. In each thing, so my ten dollars going to seven dollars. It's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> it's it's not the worst. However, my GameStop is doing very well, and I'm very pleased with it. <laughs> my um, Raytheon stocks are doing great. I need to get in on that shit. I it's need going to up. It's going to go up even more. So it's a good time to go in. You think? I mean, before it gets any higher, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm waiting way too long. For legal purposes, this is not actually financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what 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 um what app or service do you use? Um, Cash App. Oh, okay. Me too. I was gonna. I was hoping you were gonna say that because I feel like such a noob for using Cash App, and everyone has all these like fancy fucking. I'm like, fuck. It's easy. I have it everything. Forever to set up those new apps. Like, I know. They like there's waiting periods. There's limits. Everything. And I'm like. I've already yeah. had Cash App, like I'll just use it. It's fine. But they don't yeah. have every single stock in Cash App to buy. I know that that annoys me. That doesn't there's annoy a me. bunch of shit I want that's not in Cash App. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. Um, but <laughs> Roblox. But they only have, I think, like two or three cannabis stocks, and I was like, I wanted to buy more. Yeah. I know. I looked into that and I was like, eh. and then I looked into making before everything all the drama went down with all these different apps shutting down and shit. I did have a Robinhood at some point, but I never used it because I couldn't fucking figure it out. Um, and then and all <laughs> that shit went down and I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, I'm just going to step more like Sheriff of Bonningham, better rebrand. That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but, oh, oh, I was going to say that the fucking company Roblox just became publicly traded yesterday. So Core started jumping on some Roblox. I've never even played I'm that. I'm super excited about that. I actually <laughs> bought a little bit of Roblox stock and, and I was like, this is for you because he loves the game. Like he, uh -huh. he loves Roblox. Okay. So like, right. I don't even know what it is because in my mind, is it like similar to Minecraft? Because I've played no. Minecraft. It's not? No. Roblox is like, 
Roblox is like a game library is the best way to describe it. And it's not a library of like, literally, it's not a library of like Super Mario Brothers and Sonic and different things like that. It's, it's a library of games that have been independently developed. So they're not like EA games, games or anything like that. They're like small independently owned or developed games and they get loaded oh. up with Roblox and then you can try to play different ones. You can, um, you I can had no idea. Was like that. I, thought it was, I, thought, I literally thought it was one thing. Mm -mm, like no. one game. Nope, it's wow, a game. I, I invested in that shit. I didn't even know what it was then. <laughs> I literally <laughs> I had to do due diligence as a parent because he was obsessed with it. And I was like, what exactly is this? Just guessing from the name, I thought you like build shit with blocks. So I thought it was like Minecraft. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm dumb. Uh, Brian says, uh, Cash App isn't authorized to trade on all exchanges. I don't um, even know how that shit works. I don't even know how. We just want to buy the stonks, okay? Stonks! To the moon. That's that's really all I know. Like the Doge. Ninety nine percent of the shit Why I know. Why can't I buy Doge on Cash App? That's, that's what I want to know. That's really the the reason I even set up my stock profile on Cash App was to get Doge, and I couldn't even get it. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, um, Marianne Williamson would be a great mother in law. I'll pass on anything else. She would be the you best. Would, you're telling me you wouldn't have Marianne in your blunt rotation because you're tripping, actually. Yeah, she would nice. be she was very sweet yeah i feel like she's kind of like a witch in a in a good way she'd be like, like unintentionally helpful i feel like yeah she would definitely give you some weird advice but every once in a while she'll drop like this like gold nugget of knowledge and you'd be like huh wow like this that okay this makes sense but yeah, honestly she, if she was your mother-in-law that means you married her offspring and like could you imagine how weird they would be yeah that's actually i I, I can say definitively adopted mother-in-law. Let's go with that. Yeah, I don't know. Does she have kids? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know if Marianne has kids, but whoever they are, I don't think I want to meet them because they're probably weird as fuck. But <laughs> <laughs> but I would I would love to meet her. Um, but um, Tulsi would definitely be my choice if I had to pick like a politician mom. Oh my god, I need to stop. I'm literally always on Twitter like, stop worshiping politicians, and here I am trying to pick my fucking celebrity mom out of politicians. What is literally what is wrong with me? We could talk about something less fuzzy. <laughs> um, well, we are we are coming up on an hour, so I would like to invite anyone who is still in the chat, um, ask any questions, make any comments you're about to make. Um, Careful, don't open the door for them. I yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm just trying to get this over with because I don't want to be on live when the SWAT team bust down my door <laughs> um, because I literally incriminated myself. Um, but do you do you have any final thoughts to leave us with? And let me put up your Twitter so people from my channel know where to find you. But can you leave us with any it's actually libertarian red one? Am I fucking dumb? Hold on. No, you're fine. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> let me edit it. Hold on. Just the red, not redhead? Yeah. Okay. Because there's so many of us. Oh, wait. I didn't even ask you about that. What is the deal? Why is everybody libertarian redhead? What is it? I honestly it's, don't you know. know. I, okay, so, I, so like I said, I started my page at the beginning of 2017. And I looked for libertarian redhead. Like I just typed in libertarian redhead to see if it already existed on Facebook and it didn't. And I joined Twitter, 
I think later that same year. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, there are other libertarian redheads. Like I was not aware I of this. I counted like five and they all have big accounts too. So I'm like, do, you, do y'all's followers know y'all are different people? Like that always- Sometimes <laughs> no. Like sometimes I get tagged in stuff and people are like, oh wait, no, that's not the right one. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, because I just saw that Josie, the redheaded libertarian, just got banned, and people were freaking out over which one that actually got banned. Um, yeah, is there beef? Do you guys have beef? I mean, no libertarians. Oh, there's not like a turf war. No, I think she thought that there was, but I was just like, I'm over here doing my thing. You're over there doing your thing. Like, oh, really? There's overlap, but like, we're different people, so I don't care. And- I didn't, I never, I, I don't know if she said anything about it. Uh, I definitely saw like some, some people's followers being like, there's too many redheaded libertarians. I don't know which one to follow. Blah, 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 blah. Um, all of them. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> literally. I've, I've literally them. never heard the complaint that you can have too many redheads in your life. So whatever you're all doing, just follow all of them. I just think it's, I honestly think it's interesting how you said earlier, you're not a minority, but I feel like the fact that being redhead is such an identity thing for you guys, I think you all <laughs> do qualify as a minority. I feel like, well, I feel like redheads are like genetically predisposed to defy authoritarianism. Maybe you're right. <laughs> so I feel like, I mean, every single Liberty event that I go to, whether it's a convention, Yahoo, like anything, I'm always like, oh, there's like a bunch of like, oh, there's like a bunch of redheads here. And I didn't, I did say something to a redhead that I saw at Yalcon in 2019. Like I was just like, I said something to him about that. I was like, Hey, have you counted how many redheads are here? And he was like, yeah, there's a lot of us. And I was like, it's like this at every event. And he was like, huh. And I was like, I don't know. I just embrace it. I think it's great. Oh, cool. Maybe I should, I should change my username to like have the libertarian or some shit. There were a bunch um, of people that changed theirs after Josie got, suspended and they were like i'm the actual real libertarian redhead <laughs> oh my god i didn't okay. because obviously mine's already that <laughs> yeah uh libertarian president what does it say 2028 are you are they asking is there going to be a libertarian president or who should we put on the libertarian ticket for 2028 i don't know that comment is very vague um, first of all, to, to, I'm going to answer both ways that I interpreted your question. I don't think there's going to be a libertarian president in 2028. And for the next libertarian ticket, um, I would definitely, there's a few people I would support. Um, uh, and I don't think it would, I mean, like I said, I'm not a member of the LP, but I'm going to expand that question to include Liberty Republicans. Like I said before, I love Massey. I used to not like Justin Amash, but I am partial to him now. I just mm-hmm. I, feel like I took his aggression the wrong way, and I think he comes across as kind of like a snob to some people because he's like he's very absolutist about things. But now I see that he's he's just very aggressive about liberty, and I can respect that in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? He was Where? also he was also elected in the Tea Party wave, too. Mm-hmm. So that was when the Republican Party was initially really friendly to. Um, to libertarian conservatives. Yeah, then the establishment took over. And um, that was another thing that I experienced here in Indiana. I started, I helped start one of the very first Tea Party groups in Indiana, like one at the county level. Oh, really? And it only took three months before the far, far Christian right took over the group. And I was like, I'm out, because this is not- What do they do? Do they like change a bunch of shit or just, like what? They didn't change anything um, consciously 
but they took it more in the direction of what would now be considered the alt-right. And I was totally not comfortable with that. Like, I was just like, no, that's not what this was. Why do they do that? Why do they, why do they take the Liberty thing and just turn it into like some weird, some, I don't know. That's like some weird shit. Like I, it's like the people, this is the one thing that I'll be like, you're not a real libertarian. It's like the people who are always like, fucking back the blue thin blue line blah, 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 blah. i'm like dude this isn't this it's is, the people that have don't work on these and thin blue line stickers on their car at the same time and i'm like Bruh, the is literally the irony and when i'm door knocking when i was when i'm door knocking with yao we i i remember i'll literally never forget this this one house had these giant like three giant flag poles in the front yard Confederate flag, MAGA flag, American flag, Ooh. thin blue lion flag, Gadsden flag. And I was like, what is the message they're trying like, to do? You all need to decide because this is too I'm much. Like, Confederate flag, thin blue lion. Like, bro. And the funniest part about the, the Confederate flag obsession that some Republicans seem to have is that a lot of Republicans, it's the same type of people that are like, Democrats are the party of slavery. Democrats are the party of racism. I'm like, though, why do you have a fucking Democrat flag then? What is your problem? Mm -hmm. uh, another, uh, where is that comment? What? Oh, tortillas, corn or flour. I will eat any type of tortilla. I like tortillas. Um, oh. I, I, yeah, I don't even know which one I prefer. I guess corn. Corn's a little bit more flavorful. Corn tortillas um, are good for things like street tacos. Flour tortillas mm -hmm. are the best for burritos. That's true. And I, I prefer flour if I'm making like a quesadilla or something. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Cole should be the Libertarian Daily News. Joe Rogan would be the Libertarian 60-minute in-depth interviewer. And Project Veritas would be the Libertarian investigative reporting. Is Joe Rogan a Libertarian? I thought he was liberal. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't listen to he said that much. He voted for Gary Johnson and he voted for Joe Jorgensen. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Well, I don't I didn't know. know that. Like, so, if that's your criteria, if that's enough for you to say that he's a libertarian, then I, I thought he voted. For, I thought he voted for Biden. I don't know who put that in my head, but I, I'm going to give. He, him well, he endorsed Joe Biden at one point, and then when someone asked oh, him okay, after the fact, like, "Well, who did you end up voting for?" He said, "I voted for Joe Jorgensen." Okay. Well, I guess he put that in my head that he voted for Joe Biden, but he really didn't. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, um is the rise of libertarianism tied to the rise of authoritarianism? Um, yeah, um, I think mm -hmm. this is my opinion, but I think a lot we're going to see a lot of growth in the liberty movement and in the LP um, because of the COVID lockdowns or the CDC lockdowns, the quarantine shit. Um, the fact that people got arrested for going to church, arrested Shelley Luther, that um, chick who ran for state rep in Texas, she got arrested for opening her hair salon and she spent the night in jail or three days in jail or some shit like that. Um, and this is why I hate Greg Abbott. Um, he's not a Liberty Republican. I don't know why people are always like sucking his dick. Like literally he's the one that enforced, that put, that put Shelly Luther in jail. Yeah, and, and there were people that were like, oh, Governor Abbott lifted the they order. They spent millions of dollars trying to make sure that Shelly Luther did not win slandering her. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I can't. Oh, my God. Please. Get, uh, no, get out. I mean, if you want to lose, sure. <laughs> I have nothing to say to this comment. <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> if your goal is to not win another election, then by all means, that's the ticket you want to pick. 
Um, also, I do want to respond to this comment. The Confederate flag stands for states' rights. Um, you the states' for. rights to do the states' rights to do what? The states' rights to do what? Right. What were they? The states' rights to do what? No one can ever answer that question. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No one can ever answer that question. The states' rights to do what? Uh, 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 yeah, to own slaves. Okay. Um, I'm not saying everyone who has like a Confederate flag is a racist because a lot of people do use it for like just saying they're from a southern state or whatever. But the Confederacy, the the whole argument that it, the Civil War or the Confederacy was just fought over the states' rights, I'm just like to do what to infringe to infringe on the non-aggression principle, to infringe on the NAP, to infringe on people's bod bodily rights and property rights, bodily autonomy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think that that is one area in which the federal government should stop people from doing that. Like, yeah, if there I, is, I think the government like, has, you would expect the government to step in on a genocide, right? So why yeah. would you expect them to step in on that? Uh, well, same thing. Precisely. Um, but we are past hour now, so I am going to wrap it up. Have you said everything you have to say? Also, yeah. Plug your Facebook page, plug your podcast, whatever you got going on. Make sure people know where to follow you. You can find me on YouTube at Libertarian Redhead. You can find me. There's my Twitter handle on the screen. You can find me on Facebook as Libertarian Redhead. Uh, it's the page with about 40,000 followers. It is not verified, though, uh, because Facebook hates me. And I'm also currently banned from live streaming for 30 days. So that's been super fun. Yeah. Um, they got really mad about a meme I posted like two years ago. Or was it? Was it really bad? Was it offensive? Um, it had little small people in um, certain uniforms from a country in Europe called Germany. Okay. And I, they were I small see. people. And so it said they were only a little racist. I thought it was hilarious. But it was from like years ago and they got mad about it. So I yeah. for 30 days. That's it was on the record, I cannot endorse that meme, but off the record, I 100% endorse it. I think that's funny. <laughs> um, but with that, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, on Sunday, I believe, I haven't confirmed a time yet. It's probably going to be the same time. Um, I'm having Reed Coverdale on if you guys would like to come back and check that out. Reed Otherwise, is also in our Unity Coalition, too. So oh, hopefully, I'm going to ask about that, too. I'm going to ask yeah. about that, too. Um, otherwise, you guys, have a great night. Thank you for tuning in.